Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The long So it's been a while. Yeah, it has been just me and you, isn't it? It's been, it's just like, I don't even are, we, are we going? Yeah. All right, I, it has been a while. I don't even remember the last time that, that this went on. Bullshit podcast coming on your face. <laughs> and your ears. That's, <laughs> that's what you told me to say no, last it's time. No, it's not. We spoke about it, but I don't think we got somewhere. I think we've just got to say something about the fact that it's... Um, in your ears and all your, all over your, all on your In eyes. your ears and all over your back. Your Someone actually said to us, I noticed a comment saying, guys... What's with this '90s loaded yeah. thing, style thing? Yeah. What's you're better than that? We've, we've, we're we're not better we're, than anything. Well, we are better than that, but it's still funny to me. It's, that's my sense of humour. Loaded wasn't because lo- Loaded was um, at, at its day. That was smutty. We're not fucking. We're not smutty. No. Um, yeah. I mean, lo- Loaded. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah lo- I can't. I can't. I am quite smutty. Yeah. But it's it's fine. It's all playful. It's not. It's not. Real. But the, the, the thing with Loaded, Loaded had its day. I don't know if you remember Matt. Right. There was a yeah. time when it wasn't. You enjoyed the your coffee, by the way. Day. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Am I? I didn't get you a coffee. Yeah. What's that? I got chocolate. Shit loads of chocolate. I got lots of chocolate. Oh, we can get through this the whole time. Loaded, loaded had its day. I've turned it around on partridge. Right, and uh, he, it was, it was. There was a time when it was actually genuinely decent. It was like the, it was almost leading the trailblazer in that kind of laddish culture. Mm. And they did a good job, and then it just turned to shit. And um, uh, you know, uh, but there, there's, so I've got some respect for loaded, so I'm not insulted by that that comment. Although no. I get that it is base level intelligence and well, humour. But that's just like a tiny little odd thing. It's like if you listen to one joke and then judged you and us on that then it's not really fair because the other 99% of you mm. is actually uh, other things <laughs> like tattoos who, uh, and, and who is this guy that's it isn't it who is this guy yeah, pretty I much. don't know who he is you know and, and it's cool like we don't mind these jokes and he actually said look really like the pod really like all these things yeah. but that just ruins you and you know fine yeah, well your opinions ruin you mate <laughs> You're fine about your opinion. A bit defensive. Yeah, sorry. Everyone's welcome to her opinion. That's, uh, that's why we put it on YouTube so people can look. Is that wearing a hat inside all right? If you can do anything you want because you're quite big time. I've noticed that. Yeah, I feel big time. Uh, so so we, we've not spoken for ages, right? Ages. You've um, had a baby and you've been away and you've been busy. And then last yeah. week uh, I, I was at a funeral. That's right. Which is the wrong time for me to then find out that there were scousers on my podcast. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> right. That's true. That's our, my podcast, even. That's what I was saying last week. Yeah. But James has been on it a lot lately. Yeah. But I, I mean, look. That went downhill a bit. What did? With the whole podcast. The podcast went downhill. No, he, he did a great job. I was actually thinking we should have James on again today. He is. He's working on some special content that we're putting out next week mm. on Transfer Deadline Day. Oh, tell us what's happening on Transfer Deadline Day. I don't even know these things. We're having lots of content. Mm-hmm. For four hours, inside four hours, and right. we're, we're we're doing a whole run. We're covering the games, obviously anything that happens. That's the, the mad tr- thing, isn't it? Is that there's uh, there's games on deadline day, full calendar, a full fixture list. What full every fixture. league, bar, bar in one, uh, I or don't just, know in the Premier League, but like, uh, I think there's nothing United- below the Premier. League. Is every league, yeah. yeah? Huddersfield are playing. Brentford oh, playing what day is it? Thirty first. What January? what day of week? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Shit, I think this is our. Oh, maybe it's not. I don't know. But we play like Brighton and Leeds soon. Two big Two games next to each other. Like. But I think it's Thursday and Sunday or something like that. Yeah, it's quite intense. Are you, so there's always that period in football, isn't there, where you've got two big games coming up, mm. or or a series of really difficult fixtures. Yeah. Uh, Spurs when, when we do and you t- always go into it going fuck this is going to define our season yeah and it, it does sometimes by and large I mean if yeah. you get smashed it does and yeah. Spurs Spurs tend to tend to do right in these in these episodes although um, of late yeah yeah certainly um, yeah so, so next Tuesday Long Ball Street on sorry transfer transfer deadline day on the Ball Street YouTube channel, channel. awesome that should be good. So look, if you listen to the podcast, by the way, because mm. there's about 20 or thousand of you that listen every week, some weeks a little bit more than that, some weeks a little bit less, um, you know, make sure that you, you come and check us out on this YouTube channel. Yeah, Long, um, long Ball Street. The yeah. Long Ball Street. Yeah, and uh, and make sure you subscribe to um, to the Ball Street channel because essentially we've got you now. You, you're with us. Yeah. You're... Um, you're invested. You're in. You're a part of it. Yeah, of course. You, you know about us, uh, and you know about Flav uh, in particular. Now, you, one of the things that I thought was lovely that I saw from Ball Street this week, because we hadn't a chance to catch up about it, is you did the fighting cock live. Yeah, we did. Tell us about that, man. Uh, so, about five years ago, we had this idea that we thought that the live show might be a good idea. People yeah. were saying, why don't you do it live? It'd be good to meet you and that kind of thing. And, and, and you were was, like, shit. <laughs> yeah, because it's a, a completely, there's one thing sitting behind a microphone where you can hide. It's a little bit awkward with the cameras pointing at you as well because just it's it's not it's not way. a human thing, is it? Well, it's not what when uh, being in front of a camera was never the plan when we started the podcast ever in yeah. any form. So to end yeah. up doing it uh, for Ball Street is 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 something that I never predicted would happen. Well, and even so, just to build on that, when when we first met and um, and we then started to talk after that, do you remember I said that? Uh, I think that you would be a great frontman, and actually, you should be on camera. And you were even kind of at that point, you were reluctant, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I still am. Still reluctant. <laughs> Party charm. But uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's Ad. Is that re- definitely recorded? Yeah. Yeah, you press recording that. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah. Just, just checking. So yeah, we. Uh, so <laughs> that woke him up. <laughs> <laughs> he was literally, he was just literally reading an old copy of Loaded on the nut, Nuts magazine. <laughs> Just staring at Lucy Pinder's jugs. Uh, <laughs> Shit himself. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> that was the fastest I've ever seen him move. <laughs> just pushed everything off the desk. Blind panic. Um, is he recording? Is what recording? <laughs> what are we doing? No, mum. Uh, <laughs> don't come in. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, have you ever been called masturbating? <laughs> yeah, loads. Loads. Good. Yeah. It's 
part of it. Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the, that's why I do it in part, trains. Part and, of getting there. That's why I do it on trains and, and in shops. We've done it again, haven't we? We've got. Yeah. We've got. <laughs> um, we've got yeah, so I came up with this. We, we we kind of had people saying, "Why don't you do a live show?" And we were reluctant. And then about a year ago, I was like, "All right, let's get our act together." And it just didn't. It didn't happen. It was just the work that goes into putting one together mm. is insane. Mm. And not I met this. Kind of hard work. But. <laughs> I'm not actually. If I can avoid it, I'd yeah. fucking happily not work hard ever again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I, not a is good that, thing to say to me? No, it, I, I think that you think I was psych- well, I would love to sit down and work hard for the rest of my life. I'd love to be on a beach. <laughs> who would there who, forever? Who'd be on the beach with you? Ooh. Explain. Just give me the setting. Joe gets. I'm on holiday <laughs> and I've just come out and I'm like, okay, oh, look, it's Flav. What yeah. do I see? You see, I, I, I'm a portly older Flav. Right. Yeah, with, what portly as in you've been eating a lot of. Yeah, chocolate. More probably concentrated carbohydrate, consistently pasta. That kind of. I prefer that than chocolate to be honest. And you'd find me on this sun lounger uh, with a beer, a book, and a CD Walkman, (laughs) and 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 just just enjoying it. And I'll go, hey Matt. So you're alone. This is what you want. You're trying to get away from everyone that loves you. There'll be people in my bedroom. No, I mean in the flat and in the house, but I, I like I like I like quite like alone time. Yeah. Um. So I think yeah, that that would be the aim. Anyway, look. So I I um it, it wasn't hard work. It was just the the, the enormity of the task was yeah. was I just couldn't face it. And you know we started Ball Street, and that's what my energy was was supposed to be on. And um, so this guy got in, in touch with us, Matt, who, who who loved the pod, and he came up with a, essentially planned it out mm. before even meeting me. Yeah. And he said, "Look, we can do this." And I was like, "Yeah, we can if you do everything." And then that's that's how more or less how it went. Nice. Uh, you know, I put a lot. We put we all put a lot of work in, but it was a fantastic experience. There was 330 Spurs fans there. Awesome. We did the live show. Um, we screened Spurs versus Man City. City yeah. And anyone who watched that game knows that we were lucky as hell. I mean, yeah. We, I, how we got a draw out of that, yeah. I don't know. We managed to capture the goal celebrations. Nice. Um, we was in a photographer's studio, and the place erupted, beer flying everywhere. And you yeah. can imagine the the fallout of that. And what was the format? Was it just a live pod where you just do your usual thing? Yes, yeah, so we did. It? We did the live pod. We talked about Spurs a little bit. We did some of the things that we know people enjoy on the podcast. Ricky, you know, who's on the podcast, telling these funny he stories. Does tell a good story. Yeah, he's a good, yeah, he's a great storyteller. And we did Barley's Brain Busters, which was like a quiz, which yeah. um, you know. And did did the crowd interact? Was it like did you get heckled? Was it almost like a no, live stand up kind of thing? We, we didn't we didn't get we didn't get heckled at all. In fact, when people started talking, people were shushing them and stuff like that. So right. it was it was it was it was a mad thing. Right. Uh, and I I can't wait to do it again. What was the? Did you have to say like selfies with people? Were people like? Yeah, you got that. You got that. that, that that's, who just that's, just so I know? Who's the? Um, uh, you know, like if it was a boy band or something like that, who's the popular one? You know, is it, well, is it you not or a, not a boy? Is, is it are you? Like, if it's the Beatles, if it, yeah, if it was, if it was, if, you, it, if, if it, imagine if it was D twelve and Eminem. Right, I'm Eminem. <laughs> Obviously, and are they happy being D twelve? Because you know they might, they might. Yeah, but D twelve don't have a choice because without Eminem, Eminem, they're nothing. So. <laughs> The rest of the flying cock are nothing without me, and they know that and, and they accept it. I and, love that. Yeah. No, that, that, that's not true. I know. I'm joking. Uh, everybody, everybody received a, you know lots of lots of plaudits and, and 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 pleasant things. The most awkward thing about it is the um, it, it was all the people being really nice because how, how do you respond to really yeah. positive? I love people? you. I always listen to you. I think you're brilliant, and you're just like. Um. But well, because how do you respond to that without looking like a prick? Like, yeah. you so you go. 
Oh, love, thanks for saying that's probably the best thing actually. Yeah. But going, oh, like, like you can even be too standoffish. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It's a minefield. Uh, and people, people, yeah, people ask for pictures and stuff. And again, very, very abnormal. You know, as yeah. I've said many times, I'm a plumber's son. I come from a working class background, very humble background. Yeah, and it's an abnormal situation to be in. That said, absolutely humbling and lovely and yeah. lovely, absolutely. And it was great. And we're going to do it again. And uh, nice. it's, it's going to be, it's going to be good. Awesome, um, mate. Well, that's good. Yeah, it thanks looks fantastic. for asking about yeah, that. No problem. So, what, what are we talking about today? Ryan Mason, first. Yeah, you okay. Know, I mean, you know what happened. You know, he received a really bad, bad yeah. injury. Head, yeah. Clash of heads with Cahill. Um, so that was bad enough, and that's, that, that makes news. But there was two headlines written about this story. One in the Daily Mirror newspaper, which was Prem Star Mason fighting for life after horror clash. The problem with that headline was that it wasn't true. Yeah, um, it was a sensationalist headline to get people to buy newspapers because that's the way. So that was actually on the front page of the newspaper. That's not just on that online. That was online as well, but right. it was on that. The, the online article is what create um, you know garnered the most reaction from I'm people. Some chocolate. It, 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 Tell it, me it. about it. I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. And um, uh, yeah, so I mean, of, on online people reacting, they can retweet, they can react to it straight away. But it's actually shocking that it, it made made the press because you can understand to some degree why they would write a sensationalist headline in o- online. Because they're competing, you know, they're competing with other other headlines. They need to draw attention to it, and it leads to some pretty scummy behaviour. So that was the Daily Mail, and you think actually uh, among all of the tabloids, Daily Mail probably had, get the least amount of flack from people. Uh, da- da- Daily Mirror, sorry, get the least amount of flack from people. Um, what, I don't understand what you mean. They get the least amount of flack. You mean well, they they get less flack than Sun, the Sun and the Star, for example. Right. Okay. I just think it's the the most reputable of all. The tabloids, I would say, it's the best of the worst. Yeah, but it's utter garbage. Don't right. get me wrong, right? Okay. Uh, and then, and and the Star, the Daily Star, really outdone them. Um, which was uh, Ryan Mason. The headline was Ryan Mason injury, head injury. Meet the stunning wag at whole whole star's bedside. <laughs> so, I mean, you can see, you see what they're doing, and, and there's two <clears throat> things. Yeah, go on. It's almost like their behaviours. Um, of some of the traditional media businesses, right, hmm. haven't changed, right? So this is the kind of stuff that they'd have been doing five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. But the world's changed around them. Um, and now I think that we've we've all gained this perspective on sensationalism and fake news because this is everyone's talking about fake news now like it's a new thing but let's face it it's been going on for yeah, years right? Yeah. Um, and it's almost like a lot of this stuff is just so out of date mm. so out of touch what's that noise with um, with reality that it's um, it just makes it look completely stupid so there's a bit of a backlash wasn't there towards them on, but, on but the social ob- media etc but it obviously works though if it, it, regardless of the people are more knowledgeable, which actually makes it more depressing. The fact that it, it still works. It's still a tactic that newspapers and, and, and news outlets are, are adopting. Yeah. You know, they, they knew when writing that headline that that would receive a backlash. Yeah. Right? But they did it anyway because actually... But, but they do it in everything, don't they? And it's not just these sources. Mm. It's I see media companies that are new media companies that do it. They're like, oh my God... You'll never guess who Man United have signed now, mm. or Man United confirmed new signing, 
and you're left with this clickbait headline that you go, oh, well, this is, it's made it sound like it's it's going to be a player. And you click it and it's, oh, we've signed a new local partner to the Philippines. We've got a new soft drink partner yeah. out there. So, so, so there's these things where they're, they're offering a headline or something that makes you go, sign up for this because you're, you're interested in it. But actually what you're getting turns out to be something that's dull, uh, irrelevant, but they've made you click on something and therefore that's then create an opportunity for them to target you with adverts that you probably don't want to see yeah. uh, and that you've not asked for. Yeah. So, And as well as that, you see it with interviews. You see it with... Um, uh, there was the one, wasn't there, the Arsenal one the other week whereby it's put out by John Cross. Was it, is he? Yeah. Is he the same publication, actually? John, John Cross. That's is he right the Mirror? From, yeah. Mirror. Yeah. Mirror as well. Okay. Um <laughs> We're starting to see a problem. No yeah. pattern here. No, um, uh, and what had happened is he's reporting saying that Ozil has come out and said, "If Arsene Wenger leaves, I leave." That's Something right. I remember that the story. Yeah. yeah, and DT, who I love, DT by the way, I think he's fantastic, and I, I love how he takes on the establishment and that he points out and he sees things quite black and white but he's very pure um, in his in his opinions and the way he explains them I actually really like because he talks yeah. straight mm. um, and what you know what the article didn't say that at all and, and this is something that that's happens constantly they'll write an article and it's not necessarily about something as kind of sick as about a life or death situation yeah. that's when it really becomes sick mm. but it's about an interview or it's about something that said and actually the headline the the the, the characters in the tweet or on the social media post that's that's written and these guys have been doing it for years they know how to write copy and write headlines in a way that provokes or evokes a response yeah. right and then you click on it and you come through to it and actually the guy's not said that at all you see it in MMA all the time and it's irresponsible you see Fox doing it like loads on on, on uh, articles on the internet Conor McGregor says this or or disregards so and so or offers it. and actually when you read it they've not said that at all what they've done is they've offered a, a completely con um, glorifying sensationalist headline in order to make people click on it and come through to a story and the reason that they're doing that is because they want to they don't care about you as the viewer they don't care about your time they don't care about what you're up to that day all they care about is making you perform an action where you end up in a in a place that they are commercializing yes that you end up in an environment where they've got five or six adverts that are probably forcing you to fucking watch it as well yeah. so you might click through and it might be a video or, it, or or you come through to the article and then you've got this massive pop-up advert so you're like I need to see this I need to see what what Ozil said or what Connor said and it's boom you've got this advert that comes in your face and you can't even find the cross to get rid of it or I'm going to make you watch this 30 second advert that you've seen 10 times already uh, and, and this is what's wrong with the world is all their media models are based on stealing your time and forcing you to watch something that you've not asked for that you're not interested in but somebody somewhere's paying for so it's fraud uh, the whole way around mm. you know and it's dishonest and it's it does continue you're right um, I don't know how it ends uh, but all I do know is that people are extracting um, their trust 
and their belief in organizations that are doing these practices and they're reinvesting in places like the fighting cock where they actually it does what it says on the tin and it's it's a it's it's editorial and it's content and it's an experience that's based around passions and a shared love with that audience rather than trying to get someone to come there on false pretenses because every time someone lands on a page it it helps them fulfill an ad deal absolutely i mean you've nailed it haven't you but i I, I think further to that that they're not the problem. Um, we are. We're. If we get. Okay. Yeah. We get the media that we deserve. We get the government Ooh, we deserve. Shit. And if You've we, gone. if people weren't as a society idiotic enough to to, to feed that machine, then it, it just wouldn't happen. People are more savvy. They are more savvy. Um, so it's, it's almost like, and we were talking about. Kevin said it's almost like we all know it's a lie, yeah. but we choose to believe it. Anyway, we, that's madness, isn't yeah. it? But well, this is like, well, this is what we're all complicit in this system. Course. Yeah, yeah, and we are. And it's not even you can make a stand. Uh, you can make a stand and say, oh, "Well, I'm not clicking on this. I'm not going to read the mirror." Like, like you know, a lot of the North don't buy the Sun for for for, 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 for something that happened 30 years ago, and they stay strong to that principle. Yeah, that ultimately it takes something of that magnitude in order for people to react and and say no more mm. and. And, 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 you know, talking about transfer rumours isn't going to, you know, it pisses you off as a football fan because you've wasted your time, but you really want to absorb that information because it gives you something. It makes you, it titillates you, yeah. you know, and, and, and it gives you something. And, and, and I, I just think, um, I think it's a weird, weird to blame and, and, and it won't change until... Um, until we find a way of opting out. Yeah. Until we find a way. I mean, that's it, you know, when you think about... Because Ball Street's mission and vision, which is, um, you know, in some ways 1% complete, but in other ways we've got a lot of the component parts in place, you know. Um, What we're trying to do, I guess, is, uh, or why we exist, is because football fans don't have a seat at football's table, Mm. you know. There's... Um, UEFA there's organisations like that there's players there there's agents there there's football clubs there um, there's broadcasters are there and they're all making decisions based on football but do you know what fans have paid for the table Mm. fans have paid for the food that sits on the table and they're all sitting there troughing feeding their faces and deciding hang on a minute we'll have life better if we if we move that kick off to there Mm. we'll have life better if we up the prices you know let's change this around let's change that around because it suits us let's 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 make the FA Cup and the England national team less important and let's create a few more fucking Champions League games because fucking cha-ching Mm. Every time we do that, money just rolls into our laps, you know. So, Ball Street exists kind of because we recognise that fans have got no seat at this table. Mm. And how we can make a difference is by working together, by clubbing together, by building scale and leverage and influence through our many different passionate areas and audiences. So as well as the fan channels that you see as work with, with Twitter accounts, there's Facebook pages, there's Instagram pages, and we're all kind of building these big audiences, which what we're able to do is we're able together um, start to uh, create moments, to, to, to have an impact on things. And what we really want to do is to start to be able to survey what people are up to, uh, learn that this is really important to fans or that's really important to fans and actually with all this influence and all this leverage mm. if we all jump at the same time if we all go turn something off at the same time that can actually have huge impact yeah um, I mean also you can actually influence 
reaction to this news story as well. So you mentioned John Cross, but there's multiple examples of where social media has turned on specific journalists because what they've written isn't true. And social media is a great opportunity to spread nonsense yeah. it's fake news but it's yeah. also a great opportunity to serve retribution yeah uh, and, and you know retribution makes it sound quite eye for an eye and hostile and stuff like that and, and maybe the answer isn't always as uh, as a clear path of causation between an act and then something that like that's retribution I mean that word kind of like sounds a bit revenge but, but, <laughs> yeah, that's fair no but it's more like organising around the problems yeah. that's what's the opportunity to do you know we are organised not as organised we'd like to be um, but we're able to organise then around certain problems and, and kind of address them, yeah. which I think is what you're talking about. And, and on social media, uh, you're able to do that because people can find other people that care about the same things and share the same things. However, it's bloody difficult because there's so much shit going on and you served so many things and you interpret things based on these quick headlines and it is hard to know what's real and what's not real. Yeah, and absolutely. Then you've, and then you've got Trump and you've got him coming out and he's... Um, chief of staff or whatever coming out and going uh, no I'm not talking these aren't lies these are alternative facts <laughs> what the hell does that even mean <laughs> these are alternative facts so it, it, it's, it's a difficult world right now <laughs> we had a good question from Chuck Gibbons he says yeah. uh, on, bullsh- uh, on YouTube sorry so Twitter he says in, in this era of made up football news and rumours and stories which sources do you trust at all or, or trust the most do you know I mean my answer to that go on I don't trust any of them. I don't believe anything. Wow. I, I, I take everything at a pinch of salt. Yeah. Unless I know someone you know, personally and I know about their character. Yeah. So if I, you know, if I'm looking on a transfer news, a transfer rumour from Sky Sports, I don't instinctively believe that that transfer will come off. No. I don't feel like uh, Tottenham being linked with a player makes us any more likely to sign that player whether we're linked yeah. with him or not. So, the, the fact is, I've got to a stage where I don't care about this news. I don't look yeah. at it. I don't. I don't click links. I don't. Yeah. I'm not interested unless it's by sources I consider to be reliable, which aren't mainstream. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. you know, if I want to find about youth, if I want to find out about youth team football at, 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 at Tottenham, I talk to Windy mm. from, from the Fine Cock. If I want to figure out how the fans are feeling at Arsenal, I, I watch Arsenal fan TV. If I, you know, if look for yourself. Find your own sources, understand what's reliable, yeah. and just assume that everything else is bullshit. And it's a, it's a depressing way to think about it. Well, it is, but I mean, look, we, we, we're in a, we've had the internet now for, you know, God knows what. 20 years? 20 years or something like that. Um, we've had media for a long time, you know. Although we're still in the formative stages, if you think about, you know, because the world's going to continue, it's still quite early in its existence in a way. Social yeah, media's still yeah. quite early. Yeah. You know, it's quite defined, but in some ways it's quite early. But people are used to using the media now. So if you, you know, right, that if you were going to, if you were Tottenham or you were an agent, say, and you want to, to get your player a move, yeah. right, what are you going to do? You're going to speak to a few people that you know and you're going to, get him to write about the fact that, oh, so-and-so's been to look at our play, so-and-so's interested in buying our play. So you're going to put out fake information in order to stimulate a bit of talk and a bit yeah, of interest, because that's more like to get moved. So it's hard to tell, you know, a lot of times people sit there and go, God, I can't believe Mourinho has said that. I can't believe that so-and-so said that. A lot of times they're not necessarily saying that because that's exactly what they feel. They're mm. kind of saying that to manage the press, to play mind games, to kind of create misdirection. So 
even if everyone was honest and even if all these news sites were being dead honest about things um, and reporting things that were that people had said or, or interest that they had learned from an inside source, you still don't know what's true or not. So Do you know, I, I don't think that there's a right answer to that no, question. No, there, there is. There's just a personal preference to, to how you absorb yeah. all of the information. I think when I was a, when I was a kid, and, and I, you know, there's ever like new rose-tinted glasses about things, but the way you receive your news about anything but football, and, and it's dang, more dangerous, but you know, you, you pick up a newspaper and it would be like, a trickle. It would be like a stream, okay. And, and your, your your information would be few and far be, few and far between. But the journalists had to spend more time thinking about writing these stories, and uh, you know, and there was still fake news, and there's mm. still bollocks in the newspapers. Don't get me wrong, but it was it was a manageable pace. You choose what newspaper you bought. Mm. Yeah, you don't have to pick up the rest of the newspapers. Now it's like opening the door to a to a to a, a monsoon. There's mm. just so much. And it's, yeah. it's moving at such a pace. Yeah. You can't possibly absorb it all. Yeah. If you, you, you jump into that monsoon, it's going to wash you away. Mm. You get lost in what's real and what ain't and what, what, what's healthy and, and what, what do I believe. And, and all of this stuff is shaping who you are. But there's no real uh, gauge to um, the, the pressures and influences that make you, uh, to the stories you're reading and, and essentially shape your opinions, political beliefs and, and what you think is going to happen to your football club. So whereas before you was like, I'm going to read the mirror because I feel like I'm left left wing leaning and the mirror is more for me. Mm. Now it's just like, there is no gauge. There is no <laughs> correct decision. You just fall into it and, and, and hope that what's influencing you is, is from an honest place. And mm. it's such a dangerous thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't think that you, uh, I mean, crying out loud, I remember commuting before social media and being on tubes. And I remember when... <laughs> They launched like London Light, the London Paper, and these free papers started. Mm. And literally, London was awash yeah. with discarded copies of newspapers. You yeah. know, now they have bins where people put them in, and it's just the metro in the morning and the standard in the evening. But for a <coughs> while, uh, this this model was working, and and people were reading these things, and they were um, everyone on the tube would be sitting there and almost kind of trying to get their their room to sit there so everyone could sit and read their paper. You now go on these things. No one's sitting yeah. there. Like for a start, right? Not only is there no like if you were to see a Sun newspaper or a Mi- Mirror newspaper on the tube, I think that you'd stop. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, whoa, what the hell? This is like, you know, is this falling out of a museum? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's, weird, it, it's yeah. rare. You you might see a standard, you might see a metro, but certainly if you were to wind the clock back two years or five years, you're seeing a decline in the amount of them. You're seeing a decline in the amount of people sitting and reading them. You're on the tube now. Everyone's, mate, everyone's like this. Mm. Everybody is spending. This is where people's attention is spent. This is where their time is spent. So these people are getting even more desperate to try and retain you somewhere. ship or I, 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 used, I used to think that the demise of the sun, the demise of the tabloid was, yeah. was going to be a healthy thing in society, but it's not. It's been replaced by... Are you saying better the devil you know? I think Meh. I think we would have been better without uh, online news. Maybe, right, maybe. Um, and I think that what is interesting, so what we've been saying, this is where people are moving towards, right, at pace, you know, and at scale. Um, so everyone's spending time like this now. It's not millennials. It's not a young person's thing. It's an every person thing, right? Now, one of the dangers I think that exists at the moment is that algorithm. Thing. Yeah. Because what for a while people have been going, okay, so Flav, 
he shows up on our server, he likes these sources, he's looked at, um, um, I don't know, Benidorm, uh, he's looked at... <laughs> Transsexuals. <laughs> Transsexuals. So what we're going to do is we're going to serve him with more of this information that we know flat Sounds likes. Right. getting back to serious now the danger of this algorithm is that um, people don't then get much new information Mm. people don't get challenged because once it starts to go oh Flav likes uh, these certain things then it starts to just give you what the computer says that you want now fine if you are happy to sit there and and, and the things that you're interested in you're going to be interested forever but what about those young people Mm. who don't know what the fuck they want right now Mm. now young people when you say that to them they go who the fuck are you to tell us what I know I know know, none of them do they they don't because I remember being that age and I thought the same thing you know like when you're young you think you know best and it's actually as you get older you start to learn things like Fuck, when I was that age and I thought I knew everything, I didn't know anything. And, mm. and that's an evolution, right? But that's because you get, you move out of your local area and you start to get exposed to different groups of people. You, you start a new job over here or you, you start a new career path and you get to know different people. And these different people broaden your horizons and you start to actually challenge some of the things that you once thought to be true. Now, that's great in this in the real world and I've been through that as a guy and, and no doubt you have and, and, and lots of people watching this will, will be able to relate to certain things there but this is the danger with the algorithm is that algorithm it starts to almost just give you a reflection of what you already believe so where how does how that develop- growth then come yeah. how does that development come yeah that's, you know? that's fascinating that's quite a hot topic at the moment isn't it people have been talk, 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 talked about a lot um, where you, you know the internet was once like the wild west and you could find and search for whatever you want but now if you're unaware and most people are unaware when they're searching you do just get served up what you want when you yeah. google it gives you preferences based on your previous oh, search so annoying what's up i just i kind of thought i'd brought a water down me i can't find it anywhere i know is it aloe vera water adam are you online can you email kathy <laughs> just say I think Matt left a bottle of aloe vera water at New York. I am, I am. If I'll, you could bring I'll it do down. It. I don't, don't do it on that just because of. Uh, yeah. I can't believe we're actually emailing so you get some water. I'm You're, just thirsty. I would never do yeah. that, and I'm a big deal. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, um, yeah, so what was we talking about? So I think we've kind of done with that, haven't we? It's done it. Um, so actually, just get well soon, Ryan Mason. How about that? Yeah, you know what? I had a friend at Cheers, work. Chuck Givens. Good question. What was a good question. Um, yeah, good, great question. We like it when people ask questions like this that make us think, and even though there's no definitive answer to that, kind of what we're saying, that the definitive answer is um, we don't trust many sources apart from the people that we actually kind of know. Oh, and actually, great. until something's happened, that's the only time I'll actually believe it to be, to yeah, be true. Yeah, yeah, when there's multiple sources reporting the same thing, you think, mm. right, from, there's, there's, there's But it's also interest. knowing what, what the agenda of people are, right? And and it's it's almost like the it's people's opinions on what might happen. Yeah, that that's the important thing. So it's kind of know why you go into sources, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's a lot of people that are trying to make you click on their link, go to their site in order to fulfil a business objective that they've got. I've just wrote, written. Can you bring Matt's water down to the studio, please, Kathy? It's in a green bottle, please. aloe vera water, Kathy. It's in a green. Don't bottle. worry, we're not filming. We're just talking. It's in <laughs> a green bottle. Cheers. We're not filming. <laughs> okay so um, yeah next well what, one quick thing oh, just, I, just, just as an, an anecdote just to kind of as a buffer to the next part um, we uh, a mate of mine or someone I know kind of connected to my family he she ended up working for the Daily Star 
as a journalist yeah. and written it, writing for their news their, their website and and for the newspaper. And they would give her a card. She was just a hack, a normal hack, mm. a, a, an expenses card, and she pretty much within reason could spend and account everything. Yeah. Right? She, you would could take your friends out for dinner. Yeah. At the poshest restaurants. It yeah. didn't matter. But they would send her into the worst situations. They would send that she was having to uh, make- One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Make friends with, track and film and record what, what, a person they considered to be a terrorist. But worse than that, they sent her into a drugs den, mm. right? And she to buy drugs, to buy drugs, lots of drugs, right. huge amounts, uh, in this known drug den with people with fucking guns and, and all kinds of shit. Right, that very dangerous area for a young undercover. girl, twenty four, twenty five year old girl, yeah. undercover, mic'd up with a camera. Shut the fuck up. Right, so they printed. They, she actually wrote a story they ran it they didn't just run it with her real name and a picture of her about someone who who uh, hello Kath. cheers Kath which is not filming by the way just yeah. Kathy say hello there she is there she <laughs> is <laughs> thanks Kathy bless thanks, her Kath. um yeah so um yeah so sent, sent her into this this drugs den and, and she wrote the story and it had a name and a face on it and the image and name of the drug dealers she fucking framed. What the fuck? So what did people do? They went on the internet. They found out where she was. They found out where her parents worked, where she worked, where no she lived. No way. She had to leave London, quit her job and run. What? But you, you, the Daily Star can't run these stories without a real by, from a real journalist, without a real byline. Yeah, it can't just be a reporter. Because there's no yeah. credence in the story. So that's why they, they give these young journalists fucking money and give them a great job. Everything yeah. is sweet, and apart from the actual work they do. Yeah. And they fuck them. And, 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 and they the don't t- care, do they? They just care about, about people picking up that paper and buying it or clicking on the article and reading it. That's of course. It. I just think, I just wanted to add a, a, an yeah. extra caveat to why the Daily Star is the fucking worst. Anyway, uh, Van Basten came out with some crazy shit this week. I think he's been on the um, smoking the old wacky backy. <laughs> that, that's, um, 
That's a bit fake. So Van Basten, does everyone know who Van Basten is that's that's listening to uh, this and watching this? Do you know who Van Basten? Do you remember is? watching him? That volley. That's the one yeah, but he knows. He's freakishly in, informed for a twenty-two-year-old. Is that how you're twenty-two? Yeah, like we do qu- quizzes upstairs sometimes. And he just mm. fucking gets them all. Like, he's sick bastard. Yeah. Like yeah, he bastard. Yeah. yeah. So so much better when you're northern. Bastard. Who? Okay, I've got a trivia question for you. Who did Huddersfield Town beat in the playoff semi-finals in the 1994-95 season? No chance. No chance. What league are they in now? I'll have a stab. Um, I'll what, tell you what, what, I'll give you a clue. You support them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get it up, yeah. The Brentford. Yeah. Get it up, yeah. Get it up, yeah. I win. The bees. <laughs> I'm trying, I was trying to get Adam to, to start this chant at Brentford when he goes, it just goes... Bzzz. <laughs> <laughs> do it and uh, next time you go down there <laughs> yeah. see if everyone do it and, and, and then like we're gonna sting you <laughs> yeah. we're gonna sting you we're gonna so, get stung we're <laughs> gonna get stung yeah. we're busy bees <laughs> we're gonna go. oh, I think busy busy bumblebees <laughs> <laughs> that's what you should start oh dear please do it let's cut that yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Van Basten's come up with some rules uh, rules yeah. suggestions or rule changing what um, was the context of him doing this was it a tweet was it an worked, interview did the FIFA. star did the star make it up he works for uh, FIFA part of his okay. rules is about improving the game uh, you right. know his job his job is to, um, to to ensure the game is as good it can be, as it, that it moves with the times, that it doesn't get stuck of in. Of course. And do you know what, right? If we're going to make sure the game moves with the times, mm. right, and culturally, um, technologically, all this stuff's kind of going, right, it, you know, simultaneously, the world's moving at a rapid, rapid pace. Do you know what we're going to do in order to make sure that we stick with the times? We're going to get a footballer. To help us because mm. footballers know this stuff, right? What mm. the fuck? This is, do you know what I mean, why the. <coughs> fine, an ambassador. Yeah. Fine, have Marco. Mm. You know what I mean? We'd like come in and signing shirts and yeah. shaking people's hands and kind of entertaining competition winners. But is he the guy that helps the game transform in, in the current geo fucking political fucking technologically crazy fucking paradigm shift that's going on right now I'm not sure he's the guy for that however mm. let's have a look at what he has to say about <laughs> about changing the game right no so- offsides <laughs> yeah good work um, what Right, Marco. Right, listen, listen. So, the, the, uh, it, 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 what he wants to, what he's, what you he's, can tell, he's like legs aren't what they used to be. He's this, like, you know what? Fuck it. No offsides. It's easier for me to. This uh, is what was reported. No offsides. Sin bins and orange cards, uh, which you know you get instead of yellow cards. You What's get an orange card. I think it's just instead of a yellow card, you get an orange card, which means you have to get off the pitch for a bit. Sin bin. Uh, no extra time. Games, games split into quarters and American style dribbling penalty shootouts. But his reaction to this, just before we, we go to ham on him, he says, I have, um, I've seen a lot of nonsense in the media. A and project, I thought I'd contribute to it. A project of 10 steps. Where did that come from? I named a few things we were seriously working on. Uh, apparently someone included a few things I said in the past and then it's all published in the wrong way. Right? Oh, right, okay. But this is what he's still coming up with some mad shit. Uh, we're working on we're working on a couple of things. For example, a solution to time wasting at the end of the match, protesting against referees, uh, a fourth substitution in extra time, the successful test with re- video referees, and permission to use electronic equipment on the bench like a laptop. Right. So, <laughs> but the, the offside thing's real. I like how he's got to uh, clarify that what electronic equipment is. You know, stuff like a laptop. In case you're not sure, yeah. Like he could have just also put like like a. Radio alarm clock, do you know what I mean? Like or a kettle. 
vibrator. Is that electric? Batteries, isn't it? Same thing. Technically. Um, but yeah, so no offsides. What would the game be like without offsides? Is the kind of... That's daft. It's the most important rule. It's essentially what makes football an art as opposed to just mayhem. Yeah. To a certain degree. You know, understanding control... Uh, you know, running with the timing, inter- utilization of space, intellect. I mean, it just would change it, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that I. Uh, it'd make it. Shit. It'd make it mad because then you'd have people going right. Okay, so okay, let, let's put together our our strategy for for managing a football team in this regard. What you're going to do? You need some deep line midfield players that can smash it right long. They, yeah, that can smash it, lift it long. Um, yes. And therefore, you're going to have people that are probably at times going to be hugging not only the touchline, but probably the corners. Yeah. Because if you're going to go down there, then that's going to stretch the defence and create some some gaps. You'd have a player on the goalie or or around that pen constantly. Yeah. So essentially, the game would become much more direct. There'd be less dribbling. You know, there'd be yeah, so although, much... No, actually, maybe there'd be more dribbling. Actually, so much space. It kind of then would create a... Um, a, a greater role or emphasis on those that can kind of carry a ball well because there's going to be a lot more space so what you'd have you'd have people that would stretch out wide which would pull defenders because they'd have to accommodate that space you couldn't just sit you know on the halfway line and allow someone to punt it to the corner flag pick it up you know what I mean so yeah. it'd stretch the, the play that's what you'd have to try and stretch the play which would then allow some guy that can beat one guy just with pace and carry a ball direct, he'd all of a sudden become really important. I think Carl Walker would become the most valuable player in the world. Yeah, he'd be. He Just would get be. The ball and run because the he can sometimes do it in fairly tight spaces. If you've got huge spaces, then he'd be able to murder it. Um, but I'm not sure. No, I don't. I'm not sure that this is helping, Marco. Yeah, nonsense. Let's scrap, scrap that one off. What do you think about sin bins as opposed to yellow cards? I'm, a f- I'm quite a, a fan of a sin bin. Because you, you, it's in, it's in a NFL, isn't it? Is it? Is it? No, I. Do you know what? Right, people. No, people get a warning, and then they get ejected. They don't leave the game, and then they can get ejected from the game. But you don't see that happening too often, right? Mm. Um, Is it like spear tackles and things like that? It's that, but it's also various unsportsmanlike conduct things that that might be done. Just quickly, Mm. you you know the uh, fuck Adam. What's the name of the guy who headed the ball back along the ground? Oh, that got a yellow card the other day. What do you think about that? So he, he, he the ball was on the ground <coughs> and he got down and nodded it back instead of playing it with his foot. And he got a, he got a yellow card for unsporting behaviour. See, I remember when the back pass and that was first came in. Yeah. Um, and that was a great rule, I think. It was because football was like people do this fucking thing that was so annoying. Like this is what used to happen in football: is that the keeper would play it out yeah. to a guy that stand on the edge of the area. Mm. And he'd wait for the attacker to run up to it him. Back. Then he'd tap it and then run off. And it's just like... Yeah, it's just a waste of time. Great tactic, you know what I mean? Like, mm. Jesus Christ. So it was good when it came in. Um, but what was he, the question? Well, he just got... He got oh, that thing. Who he cares? got booked for being Let's a dickhead. move on. Yeah, but fuck it. It's just like, who cares? Fuck it. Well, I just... It was a, the commotion on, in, on social media was like, fucking, you know, this is the most ridiculous yellow card of all time. No, you're the most ridiculous journalist of all time. How about that? Yeah, okay. I agree. All right, good. Uh, so, yeah, sin bins are... are so, I, you know... Well, why does he want to split the game into... Oh, like, as in 
quarters of time. Yeah, so you would have breaks in, in quarters. I really kill that game of two halves, kind of. Like <laughs> cliche, yeah. It's a game of four quarters. For me, I think that would be a commercial thing. Is it that you can put more ad breaks in, in yeah, inside football? Probably, but the, do you know what that? Given who he works for, that won't kind of surprise me. Yeah, he, you're not having that. That's ridiculous. All right, that's a no. no extra time. I don't mind the, the American style dribbling penalty shootouts. I'll be honest with you, right? I'm not saying I'm signing up to that. However, I just think that the amount of key games within tournaments that are dictated via penalty shootouts is. It's a shame. I, I don't like seeing games ended that way. I don't. It's le- it's less about skill, isn't it? Yeah, it starts to become about well, I, I won't say look. It takes balls and it takes, but but you know, there's it's just like it's just fucking a bit of an anticlimax. Why have we got to do it so then you end up with a hit with a fucking villain or a yeah? Here, it's just like and and also you have you'll have teams that will be defensive because they know they've got a better yeah. chance. Yeah. A, for a penalty shootout out and being expressive during the game yeah. and uh, like a, a team with lesser technical ability players players of less technical ability it, would, it can kill the game yeah. can't it because people are scared of losing rather than trying to win I think <laughs> I think there's got to be a um, I, I don't know I, I'm up for there being another way of ending it I like that I, I think I could, I could deal with that yeah that is more akin to a real natural footballing moment. Mm. You know, yeah, a penalty is, and a penalty is a good way of deciding that. But teams get through tournaments where they've won like two or three penalty shootouts, and it's just like Portugal. And actually, all they've done is defended, and kind of it's kind of almost a reason to defend. And I want people to have reasons to attack, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, that's ultimately um, it. Goals are what make this game exciting. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, he's just an office trolley, isn't he? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, I remember this guy, in fact, just, can yeah. we move on, I'm like bored of Van Basten. Bored of Van Basten. Alright, yeah. uh, we've got some questions. But what, what a striker, I think we've just got to remember Van Basten for the man that he was, rather than the change management consultant that he is for FIFA. Yeah, I mean, like, you've earned enough, surely, man, then again, you probably wouldn't, didn't earn a great deal of money then. No. So you needed another job, and this is mm, making up shit for well, football, that, that yeah. sounds like a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, I'd like to be, I'd like to create a, a Ball Street manifesto for changes to the game you know I think that actually I'd prefer to crowdsource it so let us know your uh, if you're on the podcast you've got some ideas go to the YouTube channel and let us know comment if you're watching on YouTube let us know what changes you think and I think changes to the game that are akin to this because I think technology should be in I'm Mm. sorry it should be I don't know why it isn't it's madness that it isn't Um, uh, but let us know what you think but also in terms of the structure of it because there's a, you know, what the checker trade trophy and the junior teams of certain clubs being able to enter into that mm-hmm. League Cup. Yeah. Um, the Champions League, the it, how often there's a World Cup or a thing. What do you think would be better ways? Because I've actually got a, a theory on the Champions League that I'd like to, that, that I think would make it better. So we'll take these, these recommendations and we'll go through some of next week mm. and then... And I'll put mine then. All right, sweet. Hey, we've got a question. Uh, hashtag podcast questions. If you've got one, leave them in the comments below on the YouTube channel, Long Ball Street, and we'll answer them next week. He asked Prince Hakim, he says, The divide between fans, how local English fans seem to despise foreign fans. So that isn't a question, it's a statement, but... You know, do you think do you think that's that's a real real fact? Do you think English people despise f- fans from foreign countries who, who support their local teams? Um, 
you know, it kind of depends what. It's like when you're a kid in it, it's like you'd have competition between classes or between bands. So I remember like you there, you had the yellow, the blues or different bands and yeah. you'd be competitive. And then when school finished, then those divisions you'd come together to be against the school that's up the road or around the corner, you know, because yep. oh where this school and there that school and then it starts to become well I'm a fucking Yorkshire man, I fucking hate Lancashire, I hate so and so. No, sorry, Matt, I think what he's getting at is how say you a Liverpool fan mm. despises a Liverpool fan from Singapore or, ah, okay. or America. Right. Um, which, yeah. is, which is a tricky one. It, it is. It, it is a tricky one. I think that the, the frustrations for a lot of people comes out of the way that the fans, match day going fans, were treated by clubs that increased rise in um, ticket prices while massive investment went into globalising the brand of your football club. You can understand it from a business perspective. That has to happen to if you want to compete. All yeah. of the top clubs in inverted colours yeah. have worldwide fans. Uh, but so frustrated and angry were so many supporters in England about the way the game had gone rising ticket prices the the, the, the distance between the, the, the players on the pitch and the fans yeah. in the stands but I, I think it's changing you'll always get idiots who go yeah. fuck off you know support one of your own you know just fucking yeah. Liverpool's not like, you we've had a few people you. have commented on some of this stuff actually saying that look I'm I'm in South Africa I'm in Australia I live here and I support this mm. league there's a guy who interacts with us quite a bit and he's in uh, he's in the Caribbean I can't remember exactly where he is Preston, uh, Simon Preston is it Simon Preston yeah, yeah. yeah good guy I like him yeah um and you know he's like, look, I spot Liverpool or whoever I forget now. Yeah. Uh, but don't take offence at me forgetting that I've had a baby for about a month now. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. I forget. <laughs> it's all roll. The life's just. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm panicking. Yeah. So I, I don't remember your, the details. But um, when you've got, you know, fucking cool support, what you what you're interested in, right? Mm. Um, I think it's weird. Like maybe that comes at. Um, maybe that's because on a, if you're in the Premier League, right? As you United fan. And you're from Manchester, you probably just resent the fact that what people say to you to piss you off is, oh, well, your fans are from fucking London and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Of course. So maybe that's why you get defensive and then you resent people from around the world. I yeah, don't know. there is that. As a Huddersfield fan, yeah. which is very different um, because you know, you're know you trying to, you're more concerned with people in Huddersfield supporting Huddersfield and not getting caught up in that Man United kind of, of Arsenal, Liverpool fan bullshit, right? Mm. You're delighted. It's like, oh, fucking hell, there's a town supporters club in 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 Australia like fucking that's mad you know you actually take pride in that yeah so um if person and, and I support I support the Oakland Raiders and I've been over there to a game or two I'm an international fan yeah and I watch every week I, I have game pass so I watch that and I watch that I don't watch every NFL game I follow a team mm. because that's I've got this loyalty gene I've fucking supported Huddersfield since I'm a kid the Raiders have been losing for fucking 15 years until this season mm. and I've watched every game throughout that whole period right even when they were getting battered because I'm a fan and I'm on a there's a couple of forums and stuff that I'll talk to and talk about every now and again and do you, do you ever they're get, cool do you, do you ever get they dig you no, out for being English do you know I think that's, so I, I that's what it is I think yeah. In, in, in America, there's a culture. You know, you've got the franchise of, uh, of teams. Teams move from city to city. Mm. I know it doesn't happen very often, but it, yeah. it's kind of always, it does, there's always a risk. Happened. Two recently. teams have moved. Uh, the Chargers have just moved to uh, LA yeah. or moving the year before. The Rams moved to LA. Browns. The Raiders, by the way, are 
have been trying to get a deal sorted out in Oakland where they are for ages. This, we've got the worst stadium in the league, basically. Mm. And But there's no <coughs> one that's willing to fund the stadium. So we're potentially moving and might be moving to Las Vegas, actually. That seems to be the... We were trying to move to LA, but the league hates it. Everyone hates the Raiders. So we might be even moving to Las Vegas. I wish that I was in a position to create an appetite fuck it for the the London Raiders for us to bring the Raiders because the NFL is playing more and more games I'd love to bring the Raiders to London you'll no doubt be at White Lane in in, in a couple of years because we're going to have two NFL games yeah yeah well we've been over and played but 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 yeah so people move yeah the the American model moves around sorry I interrupted you go on but but so 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 for for a in England and Britain supporting your football club is 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 steeped in tradition and, and, and culture and that principle, the, the founding principle, is that you support your local football club. Yeah. And that is instilled in everybody. Even if yeah. that you don't support your local football club, you're aware of that tradition in England. Yeah. So it is alien to support a team in the way, as, as passionately as American fans do, or China, China, uh, Asian fans do, mm. of the British, of English Premier League. It's, it's still alien to us, as English football fans, to see the appeal in what they're doing. Mm. It's changing. And, and I've spoken to lots of lots of American Tottenham fans who, you know, their, their commitment to Tottenham is is like no yeah. no other fans I've ever heard of. Yeah, you know, they're getting up at three o'clock in the morning and watching games. They're trapped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, six hours to the bar. It, it's, it's, it's all right for you that grew up round there. Yeah. You you've never moved. Your whole family supported them for years and years yeah. and years to sit there and say, how can you do it? But it's easy for you to do it, right? You've got you've got no choice because you're right there and you're born into it. Yeah. So for other people that have for some reason have seen something in Tottenham, something in that narrative, something that's attracted them and they've gone, they might have watched a game, the first game they watched on cable out there might have been Ginola mm. or Gaza or Klinsman or someone that's done that and they might have been fuck me I love it they might have learned more about Tottenham's story and got completely hooked on it and just thought you know what this fucking thing that's miles away has touched me and moved me in a way of course they've got the right to do it so I'm I, I think partly it's because it's a very human condition to um, especially in Britain to be a little bit anti-change yeah and and we're almost like afraid of change and we don't like it and it's kind of we this is, what, you, well, this is the saying? problem in, because like there is that there's in, the intrinsic in British culture is never yeah. change yeah, that, yeah. That's, it's, it's gone through the ages um, and, and remains that way and if you have that feeling and the fact that there's there's a lot going on you know the, the globalisation of the Premier League brand it's a lot for that little Englander it's a lot for me to understand and accept and you think you're, I'm frustrated with my game and all this is happening and you attribute some of that re, the, the, the source of that frustration to what's happening in the game and it probably isn't fair so all I would say is I, I think I think it, it, I, I don't think anyone doubts the commitment that say an American fan has to, to, to Tottenham Hotspur I don't mm. it's just new and difficult to understand from a traditional football, yeah. English football point well, of view. Well, it is. And I think that's where some of the hate comes from. Yeah. Uh, and it's not but, it's not warranted. Yeah. You know, it's not but people always hate things that they don't necessarily understand. Mm. And, you know, there was, for long, fucking let's not forget it, right? 20 years ago, travel wasn't as easy. You didn't have as much. You certainly wouldn't be thinking about going, travelling to places like Africa mm. or... Or the Middle East, that would just be absurd, you know. But as we evolve as a bloody planet, and as, we, as technology and culture evolves, you know, what I mean, P- people realise that 
that actually the be all and end up people used to think a holiday was going to fucking Benidorm for two weeks and they'd go there because it's like amazing A they've got bloody forty towers on the telly I can get a copy of the sun and it's a pint and I can get a fry up for a fucking quid yeah. now that was what people wanted bizarrely enough for mm. a while and then you know younger people start to think well hang on a minute really why do we want to go away and get what we get here when that, what we get here is quite shit yeah. I'd rather try these other cultures and then you end up with what we've got now which is where in all kinds of places in the UK and for anybody that's growing up now they'll think what are you fucking talking about but it was backwards you know just probably 15-20 years ago it, you you go to Yorkshire and stuff like that you didn't have that much choice of food you know now in London you've got everything everywhere and it's awesome and it's easier to get around the world um, you can travel to all these different places you know you can kind of learn languages easy it's like you can find out you can book things through technological apps like like um, Airbnb where you can, you know you can have an amazing experience and, and experience the world so I think that it's a transition in that regard yeah. which is a beautiful thing where there's lots of people that kind of just like things the way they work because they understand it and change just scares them yeah. and for these people it's like do you know what? Fucking get over it's it. A, it's a societal thing, isn't it? You just yeah. Get over it and don't worry about it. We're if going you, a little bit broad today, aren't we? That's good. I like it. it. Yeah. 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 A bit of a mad chat. No, it's good. Um, just a quick thing. If, if, if you want or tr- want to understand the appeal of Premier League football to an American supporter, there's a podcast from someone I know called Aaron Wolf. He's a Spurs fan. And he put, he put together this podcast called The Fan. And it's 45 minutes and it's fascinating. The lengths he goes to, they speak. He speaks to his family, and you really do understand. You don't understand why still, right? But you you can't understand the commitment he has and, and the right. conversation. Should we get him on? Long get time. Him on? Is he he's in America? He's America. First time, long time. But he does come over to. Yeah, London. He's really dedicated to it. Then maybe he should travel. Yeah, I'll send him. I'll, yeah. I'll clip this up and go. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, it's good lad though. Um, all right, Jack Reeve of Bull Street Network and Talk Norwich, Norwich City. City. He says brown sauce or ketchup with eggs. Also, does that choice change depending on how the egg is cooked? What mm. freak? Where the fuck's Craig? Why? Because he had some strong opinions about this. He has he has brown sauce and everything except on eggs, which he has when he has. Yeah. What do you do? Me? Um, I mean, what freak has brown sauce and eggs? I probably have. Aaron, what, uh, Ad, what are you saying? I, I just don't think it's that weird. It is. It is weird. It's it's ketchup goes on eggs. What? Well, scrambled eggs, loads of brown sauce no, no, all over. Scrambled eggs, fried eggs. Well, that's all right. That's a fry up, though, isn't it? What, do you, what are you saying? I, I probably ketchup. I, I would have um, the only place that I'd really have brown sauce would be in beans. Yes. So if I'm having beans on toast, I put a bit of brown <coughs> wow, sauce in yeah. when cooking it just to give it a bit of tang. Yeah. Um, but um, on on eggs, it's ketchup all day, is. every day. Yeah, I, I think Jack's. I think he's one of these dirty bungles who, who stick brown sauce over everything. What, what is it like up, up north? What, like kind of in terms of condiments, what's like the main condiment on the northern table? <laughs> ketchup. Is it? Probably ketchup, yeah. H- ke- yeah, you'd get your brown, your red sauce, and then you'd have um, probably salt, Gravy. pepper, and vinegar. But I'll tell you what you do have, right, which is kind of down here is, I've lived in London now about, what, 17 years, mm. long, something like that, right? And... I found one place in London, and it's actually not in London, it's Surrey, where they do fish and chips with scraps. Do you, know what do you know what I'm saying? Remember. Do you know what scraps are? It's just bits it of batter in it. It sounds disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> bits of batter. Fucking yes! <laughs> Mate, I'm not being funny. So, so if I have fish and chips in, in Yorkshire, mm. um, it's fish and chips and 
basically it's, it's a shovel full of crispy batter which with salt, vinegar, ketchup is just amazing. It does sound all right. It's amazing. It's amazing. But when you're down here, you, you ask it and people don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've never heard of it. I, I've heard of it because I've heard you talking about yeah. it the scraps. Don't want it to sound like I talk about that all well, the time. You do so. talk about the kind yeah, of... My, my diet's off at the minute. Yeah, that's just what's happening. Uh, you're, you're, you've still got two fucking dairy milks to eat. Two, I don't know. Can I have another whole nut? Yeah, of course you can. All right, uh, we've got a question. For, can you do the next question? Because I'm going to get some All right. Marble Halls. Marble Halls TV. Um, good guy, this. Um, interacts with us on Twitter quite a bit. Um, is loyalty for players fair, mm. considering they are human? They have human traits. Can In I any career, one wants to better themselves and move on. Even as Gunners know that Van Persel or Percy but the detergent sounds better or as we were right to leave since they won leagues and we couldn't at that point and I guess Ashley Cole even was one of that mm. that kind of moved on casually or whatever Ashley Cole yeah I know Wrighty for example said a number of times it's like he was right to leave look what he's won since then so you know as he's uh, as he's getting older and he's looking back he's going to think look at all the medals and the things that I won and the big games that I was involved in and I might not have got that uh, if I was at Arsenal you know you realise you're talking to someone and I know this guy's game Marble Halls. Is he trying to? He thinks I'm stupid. Okay. He knows. He knows what he's doing. He didn't. He specifically didn't say Sol Campbell because he's waiting for me right. to say. Right. He's waiting. Okay. I know. I know all the games. <laughs> all the games. There's levels going on here. Yeah. The Arsenal fans run. Yeah. This is Inception mm. stuff. It's getting, trying to get in my head. Yeah. I might. Okay. My ego might be a play here. I'm thinking he ain't. You know. I he's like doing it. That. And an unrelated point to Matt. If I could guarantee that Huddersfield could stay in the Premier League for 30 years with the money, TV rights and top players and your club didn't lose its character, would you take it? 30 years in the Prem. Now, hang on a minute. I think that this is um, these two things are mutually exclusive because Huddersfield's character is based on the fact that we have local players rather than mercenaries and we have shit players rather than top players. <laughs> <laughs> so we would be losing our character by doing that, but I do love the question. Um... I I wouldn't fuck me, mate. I, I look. I get the question. I get what you're driving at. But sport is about competition, right? Mm. And it's about winning and it's about doing things with me. So I wouldn't take any deal where I was guaranteed that we would be we'd have, have some place mm. in some system. Because then what are you kind of playing for? So no, I wouldn't do it. I'd rather take. 30 years I would rather not that we even reign in hell but I'd rather reign in hell than serve in heaven yeah. um, so I'm going to stay down here and if we get up then we get up on our own accord and if we then come back down so be it but at least I'll know victory and defeat rather than sitting like a stoke or a palace which he kind of goes on to mention uh, sitting there kind of getting happy or, or sad because some some player that's essentially just wants dough and it moves around a lot has come to them or left them like fucking Adebayor that's the biggest fear for me is that Huddersfield end up being one of these clubs that sign folk like that mm. that are only interested in one thing yeah um, um, th- this also suggests that the Premier League is a holy grail mm. it's not you're, you're a Huddersfield fan yeah Adam is a Brentford fan mm. busy buzzy bumblebees <laughs> and he, he he's as passionate you're as passionate about your football club yeah. it doesn't matter to you that you're not in the Premier League no you, you're, the glory you feel when you when they when Brentford end up beating QPR or you end up doing, having a result over Leeds 
That's the same feeling mm. as Spurs when we smash Man- uh, Arsenal. Of course it is. Or when you score a last-minute goal, or the anger and the frustration when ref- a decision goes your way, it doesn't yeah. go your way. It's you identical. know what I mean? Or when your fucking hero leaves the club, or when you sign a guy that you've actually seen play and that you rate and you think, fuck, he's such an amazing footballer, yeah. I'd love to see him in a town show. But actually it's better because you at least have a connection with... With, with, with the players on the pitch you're closer to them than I am to Harry Kane or, any, mm. or anyone else so so actually it's better I actually wonder what it might be like to, to support a, a, a tiny club like yeah. Brentford or a little club like Huddersfield it must be good it, I mean I wouldn't swap it's a little club tiny we won we, <laughs> we won the um, do you know what when they're talking about all this what makes a big club and top 10 biggest clubs I'm not saying just, just so you're clear, I'm not saying I'm just one of the top ten clubs yeah. in or biggest club, sorry, uh, in England or Britain. Um, but people were talking about trophies and success and these landmark things mm. that people had won, and because of, even though they won it a while ago, it counted for something, right? We were the first club to win the football league, and I don't mean the football league as it is now. I mean the football league, which includes the top division, yeah. right? We were the first team to win that trophy three years on the trot has it been done since it's been done since yeah um, Man United did it didn't they what three years in the bounce yeah uh, and I think someone else might have done it as well maybe like a Liverpool or, or someone's done it but so we've got these three stars on our badge because that's kind of that's a hat trick of, of league wins now this was in the, the, the late 20s mm. uh, a while ago um, and, yeah. and also in around that era we had um, seven of the English first eleven players were playing for Huddersfield. Mm. That's mad, isn't it? This seven is, is that ever? I don't know if that's ever happened. Oh, so, seven, although it's a long time ago, that. we have got a few things in our history. This so, we're not a small club, thank you. We're just a very, very tired, tranquilized <laughs> old dog. Not giant, um, yeah. but no, I, I, average size. I, I was just being horrible for comic effect. That's cool. Um, but that was during a time where the only professional football was in the north of England and Spurs the flower of the south <laughs> the were the first non-league the club to ever win the FA Cup is that right? yeah, uh, yeah we beat right. Newcastle 7-1 oh wow because Newcastle like the, the bollock anyway but it's like but look, I, I you know I, I, I love um, fans that support small teams I, I love some of the stories and some of the angles yeah. and people um, it's bullshit if you're not in the Premier League that you don't enjoy anything that you don't have anything to play for and you're, you're absolutely right about what you say about Ad and loads of other people you know we had a uh, we had a guy that picked up because we mentioned Stockport in passing last week and a guy got in touch and he was like oh my god fucking you mentioned Stockport that's incredible yeah and I was like god man Edgley Park I've been there mm. Alan Armstrong <laughs> Kevin Francis and he's just like yeah the glory, the good old days you know like do you remember Kevin Francis yeah, the striker 6 yeah. foot 8 yeah. uh, that rings a bell oh hang on Kevin Francis there, there was you're thinking Trevor Francis aren't you no I, I know Kevin Francis Kevin Francis striker he went to Birmingham from Stockport he went for a million pound that's it 6 foot 8 he was or something like yes, that yes I remember him exactly yeah he's like he's a tall kind of pretty gangly fella he was a big lad uh, very big lad but he was playing for Birmingham but yeah but he played for Stockport before then I think yeah. he went to, to them for a million maybe mm. um, but yeah it's it all has a role to play and it's all part of football's very rich tapestry. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Is that it? So, uh, yeah, we've nailed another one. Just in the bag. It's the mm. back of the net. Uh, people ask right, questions about your tattoos. I don't, your, I don't know if it's because you're wearing black today. 
Uh, and but it looks like you've had your tattoo recolored or something. It's the colours look finished, more vivid. So I wouldn't get it recolored. Well, just tell us a little bit about your tattoo because people ask this a lot, and you've never done into it. Or do Every you not want to talk I've about had it? Sex with a woman, I get a new tattoo. How many tattoos you got? One. Six. Six. <laughs> uh, uh, no, basically, uh, when I was younger, I thought they were cool, and, mm. and then uh, realised that they're not. They're not cool. And uh, so I, I could go into it, but it'd be too depressing for this podcast. Right, okay. So um, I'll tell you off, off camera if you want. Right, yeah. no, um, no, really. no, no one really gives a shit, do they? That's the problem with life. Yeah. So there's so much sorrow in the world because yeah. no one really gives a shit, do About they? Man? Anything but themselves. Exactly. Which is why you can find us on a YouTube channel called The Long Ball Street Pod. See it far post? Long, well, hang on. Oh. You can also find us on SoundCloud. We will be moving to audio boom. Yes. And uh, iTunes and that. So um, yeah. subscribe and tell your friends. And uh, yeah, leave your comments and questions on the YouTube channel, The Long Ball Street. And we will see you at the far post. I've sort of stolen your line, but you did say it first. Nice potatoes. Bye. Hit that ad. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.